Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. <clears throat> we got another awesome show. Seb is joining us on a Saturday. The world is going crazy. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, apologize for the delay in getting us started. We were chirping in the background and kind of lost track of time, but yeah, it's good times. So, how you guys doing? How's life? Great. What's you up to? You're, um, <clears throat> we were talking about your the ad from Through Dark with mm-hmm. you at Blue Line Syndicate, right? It was the guys that film the whole thing yeah how how was uh how do you feel about it so far yeah so uh, like i was telling you guys just aside from the write-up which is a little bit a little bit tacky in my opinion it just needs a little bit of work um i think what they did is they actually went online and basically searched you know some material and some of it is older some of it is made up by people and they kind of use that as a bit of a bio instead of saying you know can you send us a bio and i would have sent a very simplistic bio with no tackiness in it they mentioned my military service in there and whatever which whatever um but um but i asked them if they could reword it a little bit and 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 then i will repost it basically so hey thanks a lot for the 200 followers i got this morning when i woke up but also <laughs> could you reword this because it's tacky <laughs> you know? they should have contacted me i would have uh, sent them a bio on you <laughs> can you imagine Dude, I, I would have just got my crafty little fingers going, that's for sure. You're gonna end up in a billboard in Times Square, you if you don't zip it. You you would have you would have you would have woken up this morning, not with two hundred new subscribers, only one hundred. But the one hundred who subscribed are the kind that you don't want to subscribe to you. That would have been my fun, that's for sure. Uh, thanks, John. So thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, everyone's always so helpful here on the show. Let me yeah, tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Satch says, good morning, good morning, Satch. Um, <clears throat> we got an interesting concept today that I kind of wanted to go into. But before we do anywhere, go anywhere, I do want to mention that everybody should be liking. And speaking of subscribing, we should be subscribing and hitting notification bell. There's algorithmic um, magic. things that happen with there. Yeah. Speaking we'll of magic, magic, I should say that uh, thanks, Seb, for joining us. I'll... All teasing aside, thanks for joining us on very, very short notice because, mm-hmm. as I understand it, this kind of came together super quick as I was chirping at you in my IG uh, live <laughs> chat just before we came over here. So it's not that I threw the gauntlet down. I just stated publicly that I always appreciate when our friend Seb Lavois shows up two days early instead mm-hmm. of Monday, Seb. It's now mm-hmm. Saturday, Seb. Yay for the internet. <laughs> yeah you know it's all about timing brother and and yeah, when you when you asked i was just getting home and i was actually free for the next hour so wow. no kids duties no dog training no nothing so i'm uh, i'm good to go as luck would have it well i appreciate you joining us because you could be doing all kinds of things right now mm-hmm. i do appreciate it. let's let's make this one count then chance pearls bring your <laughs> no, a game buddy a game my a game oh no i'd have to find it <laughs> it's so tucked away back there i don't know um patrick says good morning chance you'll have to uh, everyone will have to excuse me i'm a little sore all my movements are very um painful oh that's right you had your little moment yesterday <laughs> had a little you? moment yeah five hours worth of jujitsu it was uh it was good lots of lots lots of jujitsu lots of good stuff uh i got absolutely destroyed by a uh one of our black belts who is massive. He's 265 pounds. He's like a tank, basically. And we were doing mount escapes. And I was <laughs> underneath him. <laughs> it did not, I did not escape. Let me put it Good. that way. How's your rib cage? It hurts. Fantastic. <laughs> it's the way it's supposed to be, right? Um, 
but yeah, that was a it was a really good time. Got to meet some cool stuff, and I talked to um, the master Silvio Baring about coming on the collective. He says absolutely, he'd love to do that. And then he was like, "Hey, awesome. why don't you have my dad on too, so we can get Flavio Baring Amazing. as well." Eight wow. degree red and white belt talking about jujitsu. So I'm going to see if I can get him and maybe Chris Howder and um, a couple and, of the uh, neighbors, Alan Shabero, and see if yeah. we can get that guy and those guys Crazy. over there. And yeah, talk man. about the jits, maybe even Gino. We'll see. Anyway, does uh, uh yeah, get the, get the power hour all organized and then pull on some random, like you know, the Grundage. Yeah. The Grundage oh, is on right now. Yeah. He's got three BJJ classes under his belt. Get him on there as well. It'll just it'll make things spicy. Yeah, I think I agree. You know, I always said it would be, or I've heard this a while ago. I think it was like a meme online that was, uh, they were talking about the Olympics should always have one like regular Joe. <laughs> to show. Like, late night, just to see the, the actual difference between. Contextual, baby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's really interesting. You know, when people, especially when you're evaluating your own game and you're within the the confines of your own dojo or your own school, it's important to realize what happens if you take me and put me in a lineup in the bank, you mm. know, what now, you know, and I think a lot of people cut themselves short on account of that. If you look at people, career people, for example, like cops being the, the primary culprits where they don't understand their own value in the public sector because they've been, you know, in the private, in, in the, in the not the private sector sorry in the private sector rather than the public sector and for them to actually understand what kind of value they bring to the game they look left and right and they're like well okay i'm this is where i stand in the you know in the hierarchy of things therefore this means that i'll i'll be you know the same with shoulder to shoulder with everybody else in the in the private sector which is not the case at all like there's there's so many charlatans and so many so many you know things that people that shouldn't be doing what they're doing and you realize that when you first go in the private sector and you you start seeing it and so cutting yourself short on account of thinking a certain way because your baseline is the people around you you kind of need to look around a bit right Mm -hmm. and as you and as you're getting better so is everybody else so you're feeling well i haven't really changed no no your entire baseline is elevating. That's what's happening here, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the, the, actually, podcasting is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this morning, just before I came on this one, uh, in between my last one, walking in through with my coffee to just come here, and my son Evan said, hey, what's going on? I said, I just got to go do another potty. He said, what? I said, oh, I've already done one potty. I'm doing my second live potty. He's like, did you just call it the potty? I was like, yeah, that's the only way I can actually do these things. I can't call them podcasts. My head needs to call them potties in order for me to do them. And he said, you're, you're like a, now you're becoming like a YouTube influencer. So don't ever say that word. And so. It's Sean's favorite word. That's right. So, oh, you know, man. the, the idea being that, you know, my son is kind of teasing me. We're having a little bit of fun, but man, like just four months ago, I kind of really sucked at this. Now I just suck a little less, but I do know that I, I enjoy these conversations and now they feel kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Or is it four months ago? They sure as hell didn't feel normal. Yeah, so it I, is, it is just, you sometimes you've got to step out of yourself and look back at the, the things that you accomplished. Sometimes you've got to like take a moment, like just a big deep breath and think, okay, that's not a bad body of work. I, I, it's not that I'm going to cut myself some slack, I'll take a brief moment to recognize that I've improved 
some small degree and then just keep mm -hmm. on charging forward. Mm -hmm. Except the only, the only um, sort of wrongful bits in this entire conversation is that you never, you never really weren't good at communicating. You were always <laughs> good at communicating. Well, so that's never, that's never been a thing. It was more, it was more, it was always more just like it was for me and everybody else is just some fine tuning, right? Yeah. What can I do? What can I do even better? So for me, it started with the hums and then it went into a variety of different things. And now what I'm doing is actually going back in time and looking at the words that I use too often. And I've got a list of them, you know. You Absolutely. mean the ums? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's literally you. The reason yeah. that yellow sticky is there is because of you, so. Good. Yeah, I know, buddy. I know. And, and that, is, that is the point. I mean, we've got to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah. But our friends have got to hold ourselves accountable. And, and that doesn't, like, you never, you've never been that hard on me. But you, you say your stupid little Jedi mind trick words. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I got to stop saying um. I'm like, what? How did that even happen? What did he just do to me? But it, it is important that we do our best, of course. And we take a little bit of time to occasionally reflect back on our improvements. But we also got to look at the people around us. Like my, my friend circle has changed over the last year and a half. My... Uh, for lack of a better term, my business relationships have changed over the last year and a half. And, and again, no one will notice that except me when I take a moment to just reflect back on that and think, check, mm -hmm. keep going. I think that's really important. We, um, there was a point in my school where we had the, the same white belts for quite a point in time, quite a uh, extended period of time. Um, that we didn't have any new people coming in. And so they were continually rolling with the higher belts and they were getting really frustrated because they didn't feel like they were getting anywhere. And we had to continually tell them like, no, it's all good. Like you, you're improving. We're, we're also improving. So there's going to be this uh, kind of a gap there, but they couldn't see it because they weren't actually taking the sec. They had nothing to reference it against. Mm -hmm. And then a new person came in and they rolled with them for like two minutes and they looked at me and they're like, I get it. I see it. Yeah, Roger that. <laughs> but that uh, the ability to actually be, to have something to reference off, mm -hmm. it's really important. You got to find those reference points to be able to look back on and say, "Oh yeah, right. That's where I'm at now." Okay, good, good, good. Um, Patrick Grundle says, "I'm too shy," so I guess the Grundage is not coming up. <laughs> Although if we poke him enough, maybe prod him but, a little but, bit. I mean, I, I know he can't answer this in a meaningful way by I'm too shy. And maybe it was just tongue in cheek kidding. Uh, but here's what I think. What does shy even mean? Mm. Uh, I think that you can, you can remove the word shy out of the entire English language. If you apply priority or if you say to yourself, Oh, the fate of the world hinges on me going on the podcast today, the potty. Well, now you've got priority. Now it's being contextualized against, no, I'm just a little shy versus I got to go do this. So it's the wants versus needs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he is enjoying what you're talking about. <laughs> also, it kind of speaks to discomfort and doing something that will make you grow. Right. So, so we can't be banging the drums all day without seeing anybody else jumping on. Yeah. So 100%. true. Uh, Tanya has a comment here. I choose chaos by regularly suggesting the three day, uh, the day three white belts teach a class at TriStar. <laughs> <laughs> I choose chaos. 
I'm sure that Faraz be... is uh, pumped about that. <laughs> yeah, sure is. <laughs> Must be. Um, well, so the any thoughts or anything before we get into the topic I had I for, do. for today? I, I, actually, on this subject of yeah. speaking, because Seb uh, has yet again planted another freaking Jedi trick into my little melon, and he was talking about how uh, I have a maybe a minor advantage because I could always communicate reasonably well. Yeah, but that's a learned thing, of course. But I I didn't think I was actually a great public speaker. And I still don't believe that to be the case, though others will argue that now. And I can kind of see some truth in the fact that I can publicly speak to some degree. But again, I still feel like I'm, I'm pretty bad at it. But it's guys like Seb who challenge me to go out and make myself uncomfortable in these moments that I've come to realize that even though I don't feel I'm doing it well, I can see my own growth. And yeah, maybe I could communicate a little bit before I jumped in front of a microphone, but now through a lot of practice, <laughs> I mean, too much practice, but a lot of practice, I, I can almost see the, the growth, but it takes a long time, man. And that's my point. It doesn't matter what I showed up with or what I had hidden inside of me or who was surrounding me, who was encouraging me, who was poking and prodding and leading, whatever. It takes freaking time and the amount of time it takes me versus the amount of time it takes someone else will probably be different they may be faster or slower it's unimportant what is important right now is making the connection of the two topics and that is taking a moment to contemplate what you've accomplished over a period of time half a year a year two years three months whatever giver and then pause reflect for about 30 seconds. Don't waste a whole pile of time patting yourself on the back and then just keep charging forward. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very, uh, very key point in a lot of things is the recognizing that um, how, what you've actually done, not even to, not even the, the concept of like how much you've done kind of lends itself towards ego in terms of I've done so much and it, that doesn't really matter. But I think just seeing physically what you have physically done, I have taken these courses. I have done this, so on, da, 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 da. And then accepting of that and then moving forward. I think that's great. I know my, uh, my journey into speaking started with a CF 100 leaf pass when I was trying to teach on PLQ. <laughs> and that was, and it was not a great class. I did not do very well and I'm good with that, but I was able to take the lessons from that and apply it to the next one. And the next one and the next one and the next one, you just keep building on it over time, which is key. Um, any other thoughts before we jump into the topic at hand? It kind of applies. What? I, I threw that like free one out there. Like it was just a big old chewy bone to chew on and no one's jumping on that. What? <laughs> Do you have any further thoughts on there, Sean? <laughs> nah, I, I just thought I'd, uh, chuck it out there. See if we could get some sort of ideas yeah, you going know on that here's here's the thing that i that i used to do when i when i started podcasting when i started being a, a guest speaker and a lot of people and myself included really resented hearing my own voice when i did certain things being esl also compounded issues for me because depending oh, right. what my tonality was depending if i put an s where there shouldn't be or an h where there shouldn't be or whatever the case may be which are all things that i continue to do even though i tried my best not to do it or how prominent my accent was in relation to you know the last podcast or the next one and all those things were factoring into my self-assessment of whatever it is I was doing. So one of the things that I that I 
did, um, you know, in the beginning was to listen to my podcast two to three to four times in a row in my car with the proper audio and everything just to see what I was doing and what was uh, clearly either wrong in terms of linguistic or, or, or my tonality or my tempo or any of those things. And I really, really said, you know, set myself to try to at least correct one of those on the next one while maintaining the same level of, of delivery. Right. And so, and then I would do it, then I would listen to it three or four times and I'd be like, okay, I did a pretty good job. I could have done better. I'm still using too many of those words. I'm my, 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 my non, like my nonverbal. So my, you know, what I do with my hands or where I look or whatever is very distracting. What I'm wearing is distracting, you know, all those things. So I was really breaking down all of the things that affected my performance. But more importantly, if I'm driving somewhere, would I spend and would I spend an hour listening to this dude? Like, does he does he, you know, have the tonality, the the the, the tempo and everything that's conducive to me spending an hour listening to this person? If the answer is no, then fix it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and that's what I did. And I you know, there was a ton of work and a lot of people that podcast or even host podcasts have said to me before, I never listen to myself. I can't stand my I can't stand hearing myself. Well, that's a great strategy to be exactly where you are. Congratulations. Yeah. How easy is that? Precisely. Yeah. Right. Well, that's uh, one of the struggles with podcasting in general is being able to hear your own voice because it is different audio wise than you hear it in your head right mm -hmm. it's not the same and uh it, it's kind of humorous i do have a question for you that on this one though because you just spoke at the weedify foundation right and you were talking about how, what you want to do and all these things but what do you think the major difference is between say your first speaking event versus mm -hmm. that one what like would you say the biggest difference is now Sorry, I didn't do a speaking engagement at We Defy. I was literally there to study, to learn, to listen. And there was a lot of good speakers and I took it all in. I didn't really do any public speaking there. Uh, that wasn't my my gig. But I've done, obviously, many and I still do. My June is packed with these kinds of events. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that fundamentally, I haven't really changed in that I've always been able to connect with whoever I speak to generally, unless they really, really, you know, there's a wall there for whatever reason. And even if there is a wall, a lot of the times I will end up sort of going through it. I remember I was in uh, in Alberta on that uh, Stone Houses Realty big speaking gig that I, I was in Banff, wasn't it? Yeah, in Banff. And right. it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful setup, but it was, oh, packed. Yeah. it was packed with realtors, you know, people oh, that yeah. are outside my scope of of subject matter expertise, so to speak. But I was talking to mindset and a variety of different things, which is very correlatable to to what they're doing and one of the guys said to me when i saw your name and saw what you look like and everything i thought to myself what in the hell is this guy can possibly bring to this convention and why am i still here and he goes as soon as you were done speaking he turned over to his wife and he said this was one you know a, a, an incredibly impactful conversation you know speaking engagement so to speak so he came to me after and he said i apologize for what i was thinking because clearly it was 100%, you know. So anyways, I mean, and I'm sure inversely other people might have thought the other way around, but they don't tell you. But the, the point is, 
I think for me, always had had the ability to adapt, always had the ability to connect with people. And so it was more about refining the product. Like, what am I actually speaking about and how do I not go on tangents and eat away at some very precious time that I might be allocated, right? So if you say, okay, you're going to go in for an hour, it's nothing for me to talk for three thinking that was one, mm. right? Like, so, so, you re so I really have to have a plan. I can, it's, it's nice. I can wing conversations if you're asking me questions, but if you're, if you're asking me to lead a guest speaking engagement and, and, and to continue acting whether or not there's interaction with the crowd, then I need to be more structured. And so that's what I really started being much better at. And even if it's utilizing four slides or six slides on a slideshow so that I keep myself in check, because otherwise I can really have a hand grenade type approach to communication. <laughs> hand grenade type. <laughs> I love that. It just yeah, the me mental image of a, of a hand grenade going off in terms of speaking is kind of <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so, you have improved a whole lot though, buddy. I mean, you're, I remember watching your uh, podcasts or, or when you were speaking a year and a half ago or two years ago kind of thing. And it was the English second language that was, I, I feel a, a large part of it. But even if that hadn't been part of the equation, you know, and I know that it's a learning process. Mm -hmm. As you've, as you've already clearly stated, it's a refining process. And just as you did, I do the same thing. I, I did it yesterday and I'll do it today as I've done ever since I started this potty thing uh, for me, I do it. And then I listen to it every day. So uh, yesterday I had to listen to another two hours of myself on top of two hours of myself. And so I don't now listen to the tonal mistakes that I make or the ums and ahs that I make, I've already categorized those as things that are notable and I can trim down. My job now, as I review myself, is to, Seb's point, add more value, be more clear with what I'm trying to state. Even if I've got nothing to state, I'm trying to do things with my time because I recognize that people's time is precious mm -hmm. and I'm not here to waste it. And so I'd rather bounce out of a conversation, end a potty early than just drag it out saying not too much. I know there has to be a balance between delivering entertainment to some degree or, or, or storytelling or engagement other than just bam, 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 ripping out all the facts and details on how to do things better. There has to be a balance. I think that's the refining process that I'm still trying to learn right now is, is, each moment has a sweet spot and that's always a moving target in every conversation. Yeah. I, I, I observed such an incredible difference between, you know, you six months ago, even, and now, and, and like I said, for me, you were always good. I always enjoyed listening to you. I always, you know, I always did it and I listened to every, every single thing you put out, but now, the ability that you have to like take something and make it truly deep and meaningful is like unmatched. Like that's really good. It's really good now. So it's, it's, oh, thanks man. It, it makes for, it makes for incredible back and forth, right? When somebody has the ability to hone in on something like this, you can really get into the important stuff, so to speak, you know? Yeah. And, th and thanks for saying that. And by the way, thanks for helping me figure out how to say thanks. <laughs> there was a straight up because there was a time when I struggled even just saying like accepting a pat on the back like that 
mm-hmm. uh, I would have just bypassed that. I, I right now would be talking about, hey, did you see what what's going on over on the moon right now? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you turn it into me, squirrel. Um, the we do have a couple comments here. Alexander says, Seb, your accent adds to your speaking, makes you more interesting to listen to. Thanks, honey. There you go. All <laughs> oh, right, we've <laughs> got a ring around the room. <laughs> There's a little bit of bias there. I yeah, my wife. My wife just came in from a run. I'll get her to quickly type something. The... But she'll type it about you. It'll be like Seb's such a fascinating guy. I wish he was on the collective more often than my husband. <laughs> well, there, there's definitely uh, some ringers out there. That's okay. Uh, Tanya then says, uh, "We are we as listeners appreciate the care and work you put into proper elocution." It indicates your respect that you respect the craft and the listener's time. I think and exactly what you're just saying is that time is precious. And we have to appreciate that when you're speaking or on a podcast or whatever, is that if somebody's taking the time to listen, they're physically taking that time and they're using it on you. So respect. That's right. Oh, and by the way, listen, this is not just a, a, a selfless act. So when, when I'm speaking uh, in these formats, of course, I'm doing my best for anyone who's listening. But by the way, it's not just selfless. I'm, I've turned it into a game. Mm-hmm. Like, I just gamify, as I've said before. I, I, I've just gamified this thing. Now, it's not that I try to amuse myself, like I've got a sub-sub-sub routine. <laughs> I'm trying to do this. But at the same time, I'm trying to find little hooks for me to make it fun and engaging and challenging and tricky and challenge what all of the stuff. So I'm looking for ways to just, even sometimes incorporate a weird little word that amuses me that isn't going to detract from anyone else other than someone out there who might see it or hear it and think, oh, that was good. So I'm trying to gamify all kinds of things, this being one of them for me. Yeah, and I think we'd be surmised to not mention the progression of chances. Like, man, think of this in the very, very tool for the toolbox podcast i listen to compared to now it is absolutely asinine the progression and the and the, and the improvement that happened there and if you don't believe me go ahead and listen to one you know but but uh i mean that has to be i mean that's a result of it's a of big story sp- spending time on the mic and doing all the things that you needed to do in order to get that done so kudos to you a personal oh, you. work but also being surrounded by sure. like good people sure. you know mm-hmm. like it sure. i i forget who it was that was talking about what a privilege it is for chance burles to be meeting some of the people that he's meeting who was I think that? it was you I may have been. <laughs> and so some other people as well by the way so, so you're on your game basically yeah right? yeah i mean like you, you got to make good on the gifts that you've got and mm-hmm. so the gifts that you've got right now are the not just you but me all of us the mm-hmm. gifts that we all have are the guests that we have. 100%. They're the gifts. And and I don't ever want to look a gift horse in the mouth. No. Yeah. You definitely don't want to do that. Do you know where that, uh, where that comes from? I don't know its origin, but I do understand what it means, of course. I mean, okay. someone's gifting you a horse. You don't start medically checking it to see if it's a worthy gift or not and say, whoa, his teeth are off. You take your horse back, mister. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's the... Um... It's the old, uh, be the gratitude, you know, the endless gratitude. And I mean, for me, after doing this, for I've been on over like 80 podcasts by now, and there's still people that listen to podcast number one that are still listening somehow, which blows my mind. 
And of course, what I'm trying to do and what I try to take on myself to do is to is to elaborate my knowledge base, is to elaborate my skill set, is to move into other areas, not areas of complete discomfort, the things I'm familiar with, but things I haven't explored nearly as in depth. And just for myself to learn and be better, you know, on account of those that are still around, giving me their time. If you listen to, say, 40 of my 80 podcasts right now, you spend over 80 hours listening to me. That is something that I can never take for granted. That is something right. that, that I absolutely, absolutely, I'm not entitled to at all. That's something that, you know, is a gift to me. So what am I doing to make this what it needs to be? That's a key, yeah. it's a key, very key point is that it really is as much as, as much as, much of this is fun for all of us, right? Like we get to sit around and, and chat with each other and hang out with our friends and like, yeah, it's good times. Um, it is a responsibility as well. And that, as you were saying, you know, there's a gift of the guests, there's a gift of new information, there's a gift of new experiences, there's the gift of just pushing yourself past your own boundaries. But it's only there if we actually recognize it, right? And if we don't take the time to recognize that that is a gift and that we should be utilizing it to the best of our ability when we're, you know, given a new opportunity or a, uh, a, a new realm to go down like this coffee here <laughs> this is uh you have to take it as an opportunity because if you don't then it's just drudgery and i mean sean's and and, and yourself have talked about drudgery is that it it just kills the drive kills the the enjoyment it kills the process it kills so much of what's available to you <laughs> so it's well, very important so you you said a a, a a couple of key things there. One of them being, uh, you get to do this is how I paraphrased mm -hmm. it in my mind. Yep. I get to do this. That's right. Listen, I, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've seen that typed on Instagram. I get to do this. Like it's some sort of live, laugh, love quaint saying that's uh, hangs above your pantry. <laughs> like it, it's spit out without any thought. I get to do this. I get to do this. It's, it's almost like a check mark of, I did something mm -hmm. thinking it isn't doing it mm -hmm. and so when you're doing it you should be thinking about how you manage to get there doing it and where you're gonna take it not just a quaint saying of i get to do this it's got to be more than that mm -hmm. and so i find that this statement's being thrown out there so casually now as if it's as, as if it's a comma in a sentence mm -hmm. i think it's also um it's become a kind of an attempt to rein in the original concept, right? Because the concept of I get to do this is a, it's a statement of gratitude, right? And the fact that, you know, I, I physically get to this is awesome. This is awesome. I think that's how it originated. That's what I mean. And then mm -hmm. now that it's being used so often, it's just, it's an attempt to kind of grab onto the edges of that without feeling the actual gratitude, mm -hmm. right? Or if you're not feeling gracious about it, and you're like, well, just, you know, I get to do this. Okay, I get to do this. And it, it's more, it's not so much I, a... I begrudgingly, comma, get to do this. Exactly, comma. right? So it's when you can truly be gracious in that moment and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, like, I literally get to do this. Um, there yeah. was a moment when we were talking with, um, I think it was Chris Howder, where I was like, this is freaking insane. This is insane to me that I'm sitting here talking with, with Chris Howder, but here we are. This is awesome. Cool. And, you know, I can get back into it, but there is a moment of gratitude 
as well as future moments of gratitude that you have to as same in a very similar manner that you can look back on your field of work or on your uh the body totality of, of your work your body of work that uh with that you can look at that in the same manner you have to be able to take gratitude in those moments and then carry on it's not like sit in it and be like oh, i'm freaking amazing because <laughs> that would yeah. not be good the way i kind of look at it is gratitude has a cost mm-hmm. you know you get you 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 get to have it now what what do i do to pay back what's being handed to me here whether or not i have a say or or, or um, a responsibility in making that happen and man- manifesting it is irrelevant what i want to know is what can i do i'm gr- i'm i'm grateful that's cool now what can i do to to essentially build up on that you know grateful feeling that i have just cuz otherwise i like that man just like anything mm-hmm. else right gratitude turns into complacency eventually when it's when it's been around and you haven't done anything to earn it 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 becomes it becomes something that is now expected and you can really slide into some slippery slope without even realizing it in the subconscious way and so for me it's all about every single time yes i am grateful that i get to do this but what is the cost associated with it what do i need to do to pay back you know i like that a lot that's killer let's just end it here yeah, All right, we'll see you on Monday, Saturday. Shut her down. <laughs> I had this uh, really great image um, as you were speaking, Seb, about this. So a little while ago, I was talking about a, a Jocko video that he made. It was like the count is zero. Every yeah. day you wake up, the count is zero, right? <laughs> and as you were talking, I was thinking to myself that that is the, the gratitude button on that counter. That's what resets it. Where right. you go from, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm awesome doing these things. And I can count and get all my tallies out and da 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 And then at the end of the day, you're like, that was awesome. Click, count to zero. You start over in the morning. And then you work to make sure that you can have gratitude that next day. And every and so I just that little mental image of going, reset. Thank you very much. Get back to work. Kind of deal. Absolutely. And it transfers right into, if you look at the special operation field, whether military or police or any of those other units, Earn your spot every day. Dude, you beat me to it. Earn your spot every single day. A lot of people are like, well, once I'm done with selection, once I'm on a team, once I'm doing this, once I'm doing that, it's like you you see this as a destination. It never ends. It never ends. You have to earn it every day. And the day that you get too tired to earn it every day is the time to go. You know, the beautiful irony of it is you don't understand it until you get there. And I know you've got there. You understand it. I got there. I understand it, but you don't understand it until you're there. And I found a funny little moment as we're, this was, this is going back to April 1st. So the 30th anniversary of JTF two, we're at the big fancy ball. We're in the lineup, just about to step into the uh, evening's event. And there was a couple of young bucks in front of me and they were just about to be badged. So they just finished their selection course. It was, it was the culmination moment. This was the big, big night for them. And so the young fellas standing in front of me, one guy says to the other guy, so what do you think? And the other guy looks at that one and says, this is the big day. It's game day. And all I thought was, as you work towards game day, you think that when game day shows up, You've made it. It's game day. We're here, baby. Actually, that's just the start. <laughs> it's like you made it to the game, but go grab a bench. Bring me the water. 
earn your way. It's literally that reset button. You're at day zero. You didn't, you didn't make it. You just started. And mm-hmm. so it is funny that even at the highest levels in any service-related industry, the moment that you hit the top, you should be thinking, not everyone does if it's not enforced, but you should be thinking, reset, time to earn my way. Yeah. I can't remember who said this initially when I first heard it. It might have been said, but they were talking about um, runners on a, on a start line. Mm-hmm. Right. So at the Olympics, you got your hundred meter sprint and even the, the grand finale, that last hundred meter dash to see who gets the gold medal and so on and so forth. When you line up there, every single other person on that line has done as much, if not more work than you. And so that point in time, when you get up on that start line, that's not the point to say, sweet, I made it. <laughs> right. That's, that's the time to give absolutely everything you got. And I didn't make it to the teams. I didn't even try. So I can't say 100, 100% uh, on this one, but I do recognize now how little I knew back then and that now every day I'm earning my spot. At least I hope I can. <laughs> Man, That's the plan. I, I look back and I realize how little I knew and I actually mm-hmm. made it. <laughs> I just wish I would have known more. I wish I would have. I wish I could have understood more about making it. And when I made it, I wish I could have understood more about what it, what it means to make it. And there's many things that I wish I understood better back then. But I don't think you ever understand everything. All you do is do your best, looking for the outcome that you want. Years later, you might get to reflect back on it and think, oh, lesson learned, do it better next time, et cetera, et cetera. But that's life, man. You just mm-hmm. do your best. Yeah, I like, I like that concept, Sean, because you, you know... If you understand the actual reasons why you're doing certain things, and this could be applicable to anything from jujitsu to absolutely anything, then the behavior becomes repeatable. You can, and not only repeatable when you see the, the right set of circumstances, but you can actually create the right set of circumstances so that you may repeat it, you mm-hmm. know? And so you're not controlling, you're not reactive. You're no longer just reacting to, to, to the circumstances around you. You are creating the circumstances around you so that you may impart that piece of you that you understand well. You know, so for me, it, it, when people say, is there value in teaching jiu-jitsu, for example, that's what happened to me. I used to, ha- to be very instinctive with my game and I was able to do things and I didn't know why I was able to do them. So I did things and they looked pretty, but when you asked me why I was doing them, I didn't really know how to articulate it. And when I started teaching as a purple belt, I started realizing and I started understanding and breaking down what I was doing. As soon as I did that, I was able to replicate. I was able to create the circumstances that would allow me to do it. I was able to, but it, it, this is a, you know, a metaphorical segue with everything else in life, but it's exactly the same. The more you understand, the more you can replicate, the more you can fix, the more you can elevate. All agreed. Mm-hmm. But uh, you got to we... put yourself there. Yep. You got you. You got to. You got to put yourself in that spot between four stripe blue belt and one stripe purple belt, or whatever that is to everyone else out there in their own journey. You've got you shape that moment. We all create that moment. The only reason that you were there is because at one point you thought I'm going to go try BJJ. 
and and I was just listening to Jim Carrey this morning, a little clip on uh, the IG, and he had a little piece. He's wearing a a yellow gown and a big goofy yellow hat, and and he's at some sort of uh, grad ceremony, probably university uh, or whatever the case is. He's being asked to speak as the guest speaker, I believe. Anyway, he goes into this uh, uh, little conversation with the microphone where he's telling everyone the things that he's learned in life, and basically, I'll paraphrase it, and it goes as such. Man, don't let life happen to you. Shape it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, I, I mean, honestly, if we could all be real, that's what we do. We shape this existence. It's just whether you knowingly do it or not, whether you're consciously aware of you can shape it or whether you just think you're a victim to chance. Precisely. <laughs> I was going to say the white belts on the mat are victims to me for sure, but that's about it's really it. interesting too with that with the victim mentality is is there's a lot more that hit, that isn't been said about the victim mentality and its implication with neuroscience, for example, you know where where essentially if you if you are to set all of your power and all of your foresight and all of the uh, anticipatory rewards step by step towards a goal that you've established for yourself, you are going to create circumstances that will enable certain things to to basically materialize so that you can achieve that goal. That's the manifestation piece. And you're doing that. You can do that. The problem with that is if you do it the other way around, you're also doing that. Yeah. And so if you're a victim in life, you are literally going to proliferate that victim mentality. And once you do that, so is everything that comes along with it, i.e. being being reoffended against, so to speak. Right. And so it's a, it's such a powerful tool. And a lot of people don't realize how actually very destructive it can be. And so I think it's important to understand, like we have so much control. I think it's the greatest news. You know, when I heard that the oh, first yeah. time, I was like, this is the greatest news. You mean to tell me that I actually have control over my life? This, you know, to a certain extent, we're not talking about death or anything that can happen. I mean, but I have a control on how I'm going to react to those things. So that's a mm-hmm. lot of control to begin with. And uh, and I just, yeah, I, I, I think, and you're, you're starting to see a shift, right? Because I think I we've think. gone so far the other way society, in society, in a societal context. Yeah. Um, I think that you're, you're really starting to see a shift. And, and again, but what do humans do, right? If it's hot in my room, I'm going to freaking crank the AC. If, it, <laughs> if it's cold, I'm going to turn the heat until the fire comes out of the, the freaking <laughs> baseboard heaters. It's like, hey, stay, stay moderate, moderated somewhere. Right. You know, right. like stop overcompensating. And now yes. we're back yes. to the other thing. And now we're... You know, I heard uh, <clears throat> there was a line in a... It wasn't a very good movie. I think it was um, seven, seven Days, Seven Nights that had like... Kevin Costner and I think any not Kevin Costner um, Harrison Ford anyway doesn't matter he was a pilot he was like um, and near it was near the end of the movie he was wounded he was bleeding out and he was starting to fade away and the uh, female lead had to fly the plane mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things he said regularly was like as he was like, choking on a pretzel and it, it opened him <laughs> I up think and he'd he gotten bleeding shot, out or... I think that's what it was there there was a whole thing I can't remember the whole movie, but I remembered this one spot and I thought it was fantastic because as he was fading away, he was, he just kept saying small corrections, small corrections, small corrections, small corrections. And then he kind of passed out from whatever, but that it's such a great key to life. Small corrections, 
because if you're making huge leaps, you yes. can't really figure out what the actual problems are. You can't figure out what the small things that led to the big things that get get you where you're going, right? If you're uh, if you have a problem with running and all you do is walk or sprint, <laughs> like <laughs> how can you tell what's the problem? Is it your feet? Is it your stride? Is it your like da da da? Is it your lungs? Could be anything. So I think that's a really key thing is to really focus small corrections, little ones. Like how many steps. times have you heard me say this? Recalibrating Man. someone, just a little nudge, little poke, yeah. little push. I, I'm not trying to change someone 180 degrees. I'm just recalibrating them. I mean, I say it all the time, but somehow people aren't, what, do you think they're not open to the idea of it's just a little nudge? It's just a little tweak? Do, do you think that there's a large normative population out there that believes that in order to make a change, they've got to take off a completely one hat and put on a completely different hat as if that's the change? Do you think that that's what's going on? Yes, because I think what's happened is the concept that you have to do something step by step implies that you're going to have to spend a lot of time doing it in effort. Whereas if you if you if a really, really big change is required, you either have a cop out and that you don't have to take it on because it's too labor intensive or you find an instant gratification sol solving the problem right away. Right. And so it's 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 those two extremes. You're either don't have to do anything about it or you have to do everything about it. It's how people mm -hmm. see it. And both of those scenarios are not preferable scenarios for them. The longer, the longer, you know, investment is, is very daunting. And that's just the way is, that's just the way life is. But the fact is, and what people forget is in three years from now, you're going to be struggling with the exact same things, except you'll be three years older. Yeah. Like nothing's changed. So it's not like it's going anywhere. So if you're lucky and privileged enough to still be alive, and you've actually taken some step forward, what you're going to do is realize that two years from now, you've made giant leaps in the direction of travel. Whereas if you don't do it, you'll get up, you'll get up two years from now. No change, you know? There's also, uh, I think a lot of, we got, I'm going to make this quick statement and then we got a, a question here that the, the, the panel would like, or the, I guess the viewers would like answered. But uh, I think the, a lot of it comes from the concept of, when you see somebody else doing something that you want, right? I want to be tier one. That guy's awesome. And you have to either accept that you are not awesome at this moment and then build towards it, as you're saying, right? Take that long-term look of it or say, I could just be a new person, right? So it's like, I'm driving this really crummy car. Well, that guy's got a Ferrari. And if I just had a Ferrari, sweet, everything would be, everything would be good to go. And it's not, as you said, you could have absolutely no skill in driving and be put into a Ferrari and you'll crash it, right? You don't know how to drive it. It takes skill. It takes practice. It takes time. It takes development. It takes uh, investment in yourself. And over time, guess what? You will be a different person, right? In two years of really solid work, you won't be the same person you were two years ago. And I think that's the, I think that's the the threshold that most people aren't quite grasping is the fact that you're going to change anyway. Do you want to change in the negative pattern over time and do absolutely nothing? Or do you want to change in a positive pattern over time and do something? Um, now we do have a question. Sorry, I'll, no. I need to add to that because okay. it, we, I would like to just state some facts so that we can apply theoretical model or thought construct to this actually works. Because out of the three of us right now, 
hands up anyone who thinks that they knew we'd all be on this podcast today 30 years ago. None of us. None of us thought that we would ever be doing this. I never thought I'd drive a Ferrari, and yet I have. Mm -hmm. And so the idea being that your outcomes are a result of your inputs, all the work that you've put in over the decades. This is not luck. This is not chance other than chance burrows. This is an outcome of input, of work, of focus, discipline, execution, knowing that there's a general direction that we're headed, though we don't know what it looks like. It will be recalibrated as we move forward, as it has been over the last four months. But I don't know what it'll look like a year from now. And a year from now, here's what we will be doing, shrugging our shoulders and laughing and thinking, who knew? But that's a result of work. And that goes back to uh, what we were kind of talking about at the start of sometimes you just got to take a moment, even if it's only 30 seconds. You don't have to turn it into a big pat on the back moment, but you just got to recognize the growth, the journey, the direction, the difference, the delta that has occurred over a period of time so that you can then contextualize against that and then move forward recalibrated. 100%. Uh, quick question. Uh, we should have enough time to go through this one here, uh, but I do want to run through this. So Alexander was uh, laughing about your statement earlier that she was biased, just <laughs> so you know. And then Satch went on with, uh, you're also super handsome, Seb. Dreamy. <laughs> so yeah, take that well, as you will. Um, so Tanya asked a question, though. What are your thoughts on earn your spot every day in, re in regards to relationships? Pleading the fifth is also permitted. Now, before I get to this... Uh, Alexandra also said, I second Tanya's comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on that with respect to relationships. So earning your spot every day in relationships. What do you think? Seb, put you on the fire. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% I, I wholeheartedly believe that. And I can also tell you that I 100% did not do that in several of my previous relationships. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to stand here throwing a rock in a glass house. But it is a fact. It needs to happen. That complacency will set in, and 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 I don't care how aware you are that it has a it has the potential or has the potential to happen. You will still do it, mm -hmm. especially especially if the person that you're with is a you know very accommodating, very and and there's certain cer certain character traits that are certainly more conducive to the other person taking you for granted. And generally that makes you a really good person and a really good mate. And it's the other person that's obviously taking advantage of these qualities that you're exemplifying. And so for me now, and also, and this applies to friendship, it applies to, you know, uh, my girls, the, the kids, whatever. And so what have I done today to earn my spot? Like I'm not, I'm not a, a, a dad. I'm a dad. I'm, a, I'm as much of a dad as I was in the last time I interacted with my daughters. Right. Mm -hmm. What, what, what are some of the things that I brought to their lives? What are some of the things that I brought to the journey and what am I doing today? Is it a matter of sending a text saying, love you, thinking of you about you, or is it me driving her to shallow at two o'clock or whatever the case may be and having that conversation on the way there. It's the same with romantic relationship. You absolutely have to earn your spot every day. And that's by being the best version of yourself. It's not in the codependency uh, type of endeavor. What I am talking about is if I'm focusing on being the best version of myself 
and consistently paying back for the gratitude that I feel in relation to my relationship. And if you don't, I start questioning why you don't and what are some of the things that you're overlooking, then you can really invest in the relationship and invest in yourself so that you're a better person, a better partner. Absolutely. Sean, thoughts? Well, I would like to take the easy route and just say this. I agree with exactly what Seb just said. That's the easy route. And I'm not going to build off it too much because it's easy for me to say, that's my story as well, 100%. That is exactly how my life has unfolded. Uh, I'm in my second marriage now. And uh, the first marriage failure was probably all my fault slash a tiny bit of the team's fault. Uh, so, but mostly my fault. And so, you know, other relationships have mostly been my fault slash whatever I had going on fault. And so I'll take the bulk of all of the blame. Uh, but uh, to Seb's point, it is a active daily pursuit where just like anything, if I've got to go get better on the bike, I've got to get better at other things. If I got to get better on the mats, I've got to get better at other things. It's not all just, it's not all just physical activity and it's not all just reading. It's, it's the people that are in front of us. It's also not always going to work, right? You, you might try your hardest. And you might, you know, really do your best and it'll fail and it'll explode in your face. And you'll be like, well, dang. Okay. And then you'll wake up the next morning and do it again and do it again. And I mean, I've experienced uh, a number of negative days where I let my emotions get to, uh, to the best of me. I let my PTS issues get beyond where I should have. Like lots of issues that were definitely my fault that I laid the groundwork for and have to deal with the consequences of, but you still got to wake up the next morning and do your best. And you still got to wake up the next morning and earn that spot because once you stop earning that spot, that spot either gets taken by somebody else or it's gone. And that's just part of it. Well, the important distinction there is that uh, if you're blowing it right now, you're definitely going to have regret if you're mm -hmm. not doing your best. If you're blowing it right now and you're doing your best, you'll have far less regret For sure. in the years to follow. So invest in yourself, invest in your future self, 10 years from now self, by just literally doing your best. And irrespective of what happens, if it all goes full sideways, 10 years from now, you'll be able to look back and think, well, I was doing my best mm -hmm. and I wish it hadn't played out that way, but I couldn't really see a better way to do it at that time. That really reduces the sting of regret. For sure. And another really important piece of this, and I'm totally in line with that. Um, it was so compelling and amazing. And I, my, brain, my brain has been doing that so much lately. Um, it, it, ha it had to do with... As soon as it comes back, I'll, I'll fire it back. Okay. Well, we do have a comment from uh, Satch. He says, sounds like you guys are saying you apply a growth mindset to everything you do. Work, relationship, fitness, mental, etc. I think that's pretty accurate. The As long as you're pushing, pushing to do better in everything you do, yeah, I think you'll you'll eventually get better regardless. Any thoughts? You got, got it? it? He's got it. I got it back. So uh, basically what I was going to say is I think complacency starts long before the actual relationship is, uh, you know, cemented and solidified, so to speak. 
it starts long before that. And when you when you start looking at some of the north, very North American concepts, such as you know being with with one partner for the rest of your life and doing all of those things, as soon as you as soon as you tell yourself, "I'm with my partner," uh, and now we lock the the deal down, and now I'm with the, this person all the way to the end of my life, and never anybody else again, like without considering that life has a say in this, and that that time can come to an abrupt and at any given time for a variety of different reasons, you treat it very differently. It's like you just wrote this off. You just wrote life off. You just wrote what has the potential to happen on account of you've already, you've already achieved the outcome in your mind, which means that theoretically you really don't have to do anything to get to it because you've already there. Mm-hmm. But life isn't that sanitized, and we know that. So for me now, it's like, how can I be the best version of myself you be the best version of yourself and we walk together for as long as life wants us to be, you know, and you, and, and you will realize that you are more likely to have an extended successful relationship than you are. If you take it for granted, right from this, right from the start, even though the intent was never there in the first place. Mm-hmm. I've read many, many, many stories of people who, you know, the, <clears throat> their spouse got killed in a car accident on the day and they were like oh we had a fight the day before and now it's all my fault and well like there's all kinds of those things and um there was i think it was the the uvalde shooting the texas in down in texas there and i i had i dropped my kids off to school that morning and i was like right after that happened and there was a moment in my head where i was like this might be the last day i see my kids and so i gave them a big hug i gave them a big smile and told them i loved them and said have a good day but it we forget regularly that, that that those things can be taken away from us very quickly. And we need to regularly look at them and say, okay, this could be, the, this could be it right here. Let's make it a good one. And that, I think that feeds back into not only relationships, but you know, doing your best to get to the teams, doing your best to do, do you the best you can, because a also this is the other part of it. You could disappear just like that. Well, you say regular, but what does regular mean? And I'm going to categorically state it. Regular means consistently every day, in my mm-hmm. opinion. 100%. And so it's it's not even open to discussion how many times I hug my boys. I mean, too many maybe for some people, but a lot. And so the, and I tuck them in every night. Mm-hmm. I mean, since they've been babies, every night that I've been at home, I have tucked those boys. My son's 19 and a half. <laughs> at, 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 the, at the end of the night, like, I rub his head. We do our little secret handshake. Each boy's got a secret handshake. They should never cross streams. And so that's what I've done since they've been babies. Every night that I've been at home, mm-hmm. I've taken the opportunity to do that. And that's not even me thinking, oh, what if they don't wake up in the morning? Or what if I don't wake up in the morning? That is me creating a consistent subroutine that is now autonomous that I don't have to even think about. It's triggered. I, it is part of my daily actions where, where you're dropping your kids off at school thinking, wow, you know, I should hug my kids just in case. If you're thinking that you ain't hugging your kids enough. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking that you ain't tucking your boys in every single night. If you're thinking that you dot, dot, dot. You got to pick up the pace, make it an actual consistent routine every single day. And it has been since once I, once I made that recognition of like, I'm not doing enough. 
I, that's where everything kind of shifted and I cool. put all that effort into it. And now, and you know, it's funny, uh, Kinley and I have a little secret handshake now as you should. And, uh, I, I asked Arden about it and he was like, no, nah, I don't really want a secret handshake. I'm like, okay, cool. Do you just want a hug? And he's like, yeah, I'll get, I'll take a hug. That'll and then change. the funny thing is the secret handshake for him. It's not really a secret handshake. Uh, well it kind of is, but anytime I give him a hug, he latches on and does like a seatbelt mm. from the front. And then I have to like escape get my way out and then he, he giggles about it he has a great time um tanya says regular feedback loops imbued with ownership has helped me make incremental changes that add up i think that's statement of the day it's good it's good i like it particularly since it used imbued indeed it's a very good one uh, so we're uh, we're just sitting at an hour right now do you guys got any final thoughts on communication on earning your spot on anything else that we've talked about seb not really, man. I, I think we've we've touched on a lot of really, really good concepts. What I like is there's some actionable things in there. Those mm-hmm. things are not occurring by accident. They're decisions. Make the decision. You know, it's kind of like that cop out, you know, like, oh, my ADHD kicks in. I can't do this or or, uh, you know, I can't focus for more than five minutes. It's like, no, you can't focus for more than, than five minutes, but you decide that you won't and you then make an excuse for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, stop. You know, what do you have to implement right now? What do you have to change? Do it. Change something, not everything. A little mm-hmm. thing, you know? Small corrections, small corrections. And I, I do love that. If, if I can't, I tell my boys this pretty regularly when they say I can't. I'm like, you can't breathe underwater. And they're like, well, you can wear a scoop. And I'm like, exactly, you can't. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, you can, you just got to work at it. Sean, any uh, final thoughts? No, uh, good conversation today. Just want to thank you, Seb, for showing up uh, spur the moment, of course, uh, adding to the conversation, actually leading the conversation most of the time, I think. Come on, dude. I've got to give you the kudos. I got to make you feel uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) Thanks for showing up and bringing the heat. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see uh, Sean's still a little uncomfortable from when you gave him a little pat on the back earlier. So that's why I like it. I haven't recovered yet. He's all triggered. He's going to go outside. Nah. Got to go for a really hard ride now just to get rid of hard all those Hard ride, hard BJJ. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I had to, it's kind of interesting. I ripped half my fingernail off at Jiu-Jitsu yesterday and uh, I was telling my boys about it because they're taking the tape off and they're all like, oh, dad, did you get hurt? And I was like, yeah, I did. And they're like, what happened? And I was like, well, I bent my fingernail halfway down and it just ripped right off. And he's like, oh, what did you do after? And I'm like, I taped it and kept going. <laughs> And I, it's part of the mentality too is that there's going to be injuries, there's going to be hard times, there's going to be bad times, there's going to be things that happen that you don't really have control over. Tape it up, keep going, and uh, that way you can learn, you can grow, you can build with us here on the collective every day. See y'all tomorrow, Chimo. Chimo. Chimo.